My name is Matt, and I am excited to start a brand new series with you all this morning called Restore. Now, just out of curiosity, before I get started, how many of you were like me in this past year, year and a half, you tried your hardest just to strengthen your faith or stay connected to God by reading your Bible or maybe praying more, listening to podcasts or watching some live stream uh, sermon messages, but just whatever you could just to find new ways to connect to God in the midst of everything that was going on. Has anybody tried that last year? Amen. That's what I thought. Now, how many of you are also like me in that it just seems like in the midst of you getting into the habit and into these patterns that all of a sudden, life just hit. <laughs> Everything just kind of came at you at once, whether it be health or family or finances or jobs. Something happened in your life to where all of a sudden, all of those practices and habits you worked so hard on just kind of got put on the back burner. And before you knew it, one day you just kind of woke up and thought, man, how did I get here? How am I so far off from where I wanted to be? from where I thought that I should be. Can anybody relate to that? Yeah, I see some head shaking. I see some arms up. Yeah. And if we really start to unpack this, I think that we can identify that because we didn't really stay in the word or stay connected or remaining in God, we notice these characteristics stop popping up in our lives. Maybe you realized over this past year and a half that you were a little bit more unloving, where you were judgmental and short-tempered with people. Or maybe you found yourself depressed more frequently because it was just hard to find joy in the midst of everything that was going on around you. Or maybe you were filled with worry or anxiety over fear of the unknown and what was going to happen next. Maybe you were impatient because things weren't moving quick enough for you or on your time frame, your time schedule. Maybe you were harsh or some words came out of your mouth that Christian filter just seemed to go away and whatever you were thinking just kind of came out. Maybe you were unfaithful to God, to a spouse, to a relationship. Maybe you were rude to someone. You really hurt someone's feelings close to you by something you said or something you did, unintentionally, of course. Maybe in the midst of everything, when you start to look at it, you realize that you were really harsh towards people or self-indulgent where you were just kind of, I'm tired of waiting for my fair share. I'm going to go out and get what it is that I want regardless of of the cost or who it's going to cost. See, I think if we really look at it, we can identify with maybe at least one of these nine characteristics in our lives. I know for me personally, there were several in there that kind of stood out for me that I saw come up in my life this past year, year and a half. And the reason I share that with you is because I'm actually baiting you a little bit this morning. These nine things that I just read are the exact opposite of the nine things the Apostle Paul tells us that we would have had in our lives if we had remained connected to God, if we had stayed faithful to those practices and to those habits. In fact, Paul calls them the fruits of the Spirit. And we see them in Galatians chapter 5. Look at this. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, these nine things are the exact opposite of the nine things that we just talked about. Those characteristics that maybe we start popping up in our lives because we had a hard time remaining in Christ. So what does it mean to remain in Christ? How do we get back to this place? Well, in order to do that, I think we need to see what Jesus tells us 
about what it means to remain in him. And he actually tells us in the Gospel of John chapter 15, and he uses this farming analogy. Look at this. This is so cool. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's pretty cool. that We have access to this spiritual fruit, but the bad news is, apart from him, we can do nothing. See, Jesus says that I am the vine and you are a branch. If you remain connected to me, you stay in those habits, you stay in those practices, you're going to thrive. You're going to be connected to the source that gives you life. You'll bear fruit. You'll produce these amazing things in your life. But if you aren't connected to me, if you're like a branch that has fallen off and you're not remaining in me, what hope do you have of bearing fruit? None. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. That's why it's so important that we get back to this place where we really learn how to remain in God. And this idea of remaining in God is so important to John. It becomes his second most prevalent theme in all of the writings in his gospel. The first is love, but the second one is this idea to remain in Christ. And he mentions it 43 times. And each time he uses the same Greek word that's translated as to stay in or to abide in or to dwell in. Basically, he says, if you stay in Christ, guess what? Christ stays in you. If you dwell in Christ, guess what? Christ dwells in you. If you abide in Christ, here's the shocker, don't be thrown off. Christ abides in you. You see the amazing promise that we have in that? Well, that's great, Matt. That sounds so cool and that's just, you know, so important. But why are we talking about this? You're not going to make some cheesy, sappy analogy saying that I'm a dead branch. I'm just cut off. I ain't need to get connected back to God again, are you? No, I'm not because Jesus already did it for me. But there's some truth to that. The reason I bring this up is because I really believe that we as Christians need to get back to a place where we remain in God. Where we get back into those habits. We get back into those practices. Because over this last year, year and a half, I truly believe so many Christians have become disconnected from the vine, from faith, from God, from religion, from our identity in Christ, from fellowship with one another, and even from church. And what's interesting is that statistics and studies are actually proving this to be true. The Gallup poll just recently updated one of their studies. It talked about church attendance in the United States, looking at the number of U.S. adults who actually attended church. And this is a really shocking and heartbreaking result to this study because we are now seeing the lowest number in our history. Take a look at this chart. Church membership percentage among U.S. adults from 1960 when they started, or 1940 when they started, all the way to 2020, we've seen this decline to where today, church attendance among U.S. adults is at 47%. 47%, the lowest in history. That's heartbreaking to hear about that. There's another survey that talks about this idea that China, China of all places, is on track within the next four years to become the largest Christian country in the world. It's underground, of course, but China is about to beat out the United States in Christianity, people who identify in Christ. How did we get there? 
How did we get to this place? Well, same thing, the Gallup poll and the Barna study, they got their resources together and they looked at what happened during COVID. And they found this amazing, terrible, heartbreaking statistic. And it was this, one in five, one in five people remain connected to their faith by going to church or watching a live stream during COVID. Only one in five. So let's kind of put these two studies together, if you will, just for a second. There's 328 million people in the United States, right? If we know only 47% of these are actually attending church, and then only one in five of them actually stayed connected during COVID, that means only 7 million people out of 328 million people remained connected to the vine this past year. That's heartbreaking. That's so sad when we start to think about that. And as I read that, I was just devastated inside. And I started praying, God, how? How did this happen? But more importantly, what is my role in this? How can I help as a pastor, as a leader, as a Christian? How can I help fix this? What do you want me to do with this information you've laid in front of me? And I struggled with it. And that's where a lot of that depression and that worry that I mentioned earlier kind of came into my life. And it was as I was thinking about this and praying over this, a friend shared with me a devotional that she was reading from a passage a little bit later on in our scripture that comes from John chapter 20 and 21. And it talks about this guy named Peter. Now, if you don't know who Peter is, Peter was a fisherman by trade, but then all of a sudden he had an encounter with Jesus. And Jesus called him, and so Peter left his profession, he left fishing, and he went after Jesus. And he started being with Jesus and learning with Jesus, hearing his teachings, following him wherever he would go. He became so passionate, so driven by who Christ was and what he saw Christ doing in front of him that he's like, man, I'm going to commit my life. There's no way I would ever deny you. I would die for you. I will do anything to the ends of the earth for you. Just like us, we get into these practices. We get into these habits. Yes, I feel strong in Christ. I feel connected. Things are going great. But then all of a sudden, life happened. He started to get questioned about his faith. And he found himself responding in a characteristic that was unnatural to him. I don't know the man. I don't know him. I told you, I don't know him. And then all of a sudden, he woke up one day and thought, oh my gosh, how did I get here? How did I get to a place where I was so passionate, willing to die for Jesus, and yet to this feeling that maybe I've betrayed him? feel lonely. Maybe I've hurt God. Maybe I've insulted God. And it was at that moment he was faced with the decision. And this is where everything kind of came into perspective for me, because I believe this is the same decision every single one of us has to make in our lives when life hits us. We can either choose to get plugged back in, to go back into the word, back into praying, reconnect with God, or we can choose to going back to doing what we've always known how to do, back to our old habits, our old lifestyle, back to what we're comfortable, back to what we know. And in John chapter 20, you know what Peter did? He went back to fishing. He didn't go and get reconnected to Jesus again. No, he went back and got in a boat because it was what he was used to. It's what he knew how to do. His old habits, his old lifestyle, his old traits, he just went back into these things like maybe so many of us do. And he became disconnected. But then in John 21, Jesus comes and he walks along the shore and he sees Peter out there fishing and he starts cooking this breakfast. And when it's done, he sees Peter and he says, Peter, come join me for breakfast. Come join me for this meal. 
Jesus invited him to reconnect. There was no judgment, no criticism, no hatred, no bad mouthing, no words of betrayal. He just simply said, I want you to reconnect. See, folks, Jesus is calling us. He is giving us the same invitation that he gave to Peter, saying, I want you to reconnect. Doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter how far you've strayed or how far you've fallen off the vine. I want you to come back. I want you to re-engage. I want you to reconnect with me. Because the truth is, he knows what happens if we don't reconnect. And that's what we see in the very beginning part of this chapter. Look at this in John chapter 15, verses 1 to 2. He says this: I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. See, folks, whether you realize it or not, there is a shaking happening in our nation. And God is pruning the vine, and you're going to have one of three responses. You're either going to be grabbing a hold of the vine so tight that you're thriving and producing fruit, or you're going to be barely surviving by barely hanging on during this pruning, or you're going to give up and you're going to be cut off and cast aside. The choice is yours. Jesus is saying that we are being invited to reconnect, to re-grab a hold of the vine and stay in him. And folks, I know that it's hard. I know that it is so difficult to remain connected to God in the midst of everything that's happening in the world around us. But I really believe that Jesus allows persecution. God gives us these hard moments in our lives to shake our faith, to let us realize maybe how firm our grip is on him, how tightly we are clinging on him so that we can produce the fruits that he has called us to. But I know that it's hard, and the reality is it's only going to get more difficult as we go on. Because it's so easy for us to get sucked into culture. To go back to what we just know how to do like Peter did. It's so easy for us to get sucked into politics or into emotions or revolutions or movements or whatever it may be. We naturally find ourselves gravitating to these things. Because it's easier to get pulled back down than it is to be lifted up. To remain in Christ. It reminds me of that all too familiar analogy with the ladder, right? If I were to have a ladder up here on stage and I were to stand at the top and invite one of you to come up and be on the ground and I'm going to try to lift you up while you try to pull me down, who do you think would win? You would. Every single time. Why? Because it's easier to pull someone down than it is to lift them up. That's why it's so important that we are aware of not only who is influencing us, but what is influencing us. Because there is a pruning happening in our nation. And God is waiting to see how tight our grasp really is on this vine. And we have that choice to make. But you see, he has tried over and over and over again to warn us, to give us rescue that this pruning is happening. He doesn't want to see us cut and thrown off to the side to wither or to, to die and be burned in the fire. He wants to give us life. And that's why he says that apart from me, you can do nothing. And he knows that. So he says, I want to give you hope. I want to give you a promise. I want to give you a way out. But you've got to remain in me. You've got to reconnect to me to find that hope, to have that hope and hold on to it. It makes me think of a study, a very brutal study that was done in the 1950s called the Hope Experiment. 
I don't know how many of you are familiar with this or not, but pretty much this was done at Harvard, and these researchers took these rats and they threw them into a pool of water to see how long they could tread water for. And they found that after about 15 minutes, the rats would get tired and they would start to sink. And it was at that point that they would grab the rats, pick them up out of the water, dry them off, wrap them up, put them on solid ground, give them a little bit of food to eat, and wait until they kind of regained their breath and things got back to normal. And it was at that point that they took the rats and they threw them back into the water again to see what they would do. Researchers thought that because they were tired and fatigued from the first time that they would just swim a less amount, maybe 10 minutes or, or five minutes. But you know what researchers found? When they threw the rats in for the second time, do you know how long they were able to tread water for? 72 hours, three days, these rats treaded water. Do you know why? It's because they had hope because they had been rescued before from an impossible situation in their life, and they had hoped that it would happen again. So they kept treading water and treading water and keeping their head above water, holding out for a promise from a hope that they had received before. How beautiful of a picture is that for us? We have already been given a rescue once when Jesus went to the cross and died for us. This is what we talked about on Easter. He went and gave up his life so you and I could experience freedom. And not only that, he rose again to conquer over death. That is a hope that we can cling on to. And he gives us a promise. And he says, if you remain in me, you're going to not only bear fruit and do these amazing things, but I'm going to rescue you again. See, we are in a world right now where it feels like we're drowning. We're having a hard time just keeping our head above water. And we're trying so hard to tread water. And we can choose to either give up and drown after 15 minutes or we can hold on to the promise that Jesus is coming back and he will rescue us again. And that hope is what allows us to keep pushing through in the midst of an impossible situation, an impossible circumstance in our life because we have this promise from God. And what are these promises? Well, he lays out two of them in this same passage. The first one he says that if you remain in me, check this out, you have the promise that you will bear spiritual fruit. He tells us this from John 15, 5. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. What's the promise? That we would bear spiritual fruit. What is that? Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It's all of these things. And why are they important? Because when you have the fruits of the Spirit living inside of you, they give you the ability to resist and rebuke that urge to flip someone off or to cuss someone out or to yell at someone or to judge someone, to speak harshly, to be unfaithful, to be sinning, to be self-indulging, to combat all nine characteristics we talked about at the very beginning of our message this morning. That's what the Spirit does. When you get the fruit of the Spirit living inside of you, it changes your perspective on the situation that you're in. It gives you hope. It gives you energy. It gives you joy. He gives you peace. He allows you to be long-suffering, to be able to push through anything that you're facing in life right now, knowing that God has called you to something better. That's a promise we have from God, but it gets even better. He gives us a second promise, and it's that you would possess spiritual power. If you remain connected to the vine, 
you will possess spiritual power. I love this. Look at this, John 15, 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. How cool is that? If you remain in Christ, here's a promise, Christ will remain in you. And you can ask whatever you want and he's going to be faithful to provide. So many people take this out of context and say, oh man, God's down to do whatever. So I want a white Tesla in my driveway fully charged with leather seats by seven o'clock. Thank you, Jesus. But you know what kind of prayer that is? That's a selfish, human, fleshly prayer. You see, when you remain in Christ, he fills you with the Holy Spirit. And the longer you are in the Holy Spirit, the more your will aligns with his will. Your desires align with his desires. Your heart aligns with his heart. And when your heart is synced with his heart, what you want out of life is the same thing that God wants for you. And so when you start to pray for these things, God answers in a big way, and you receive this supernatural, miraculous answer to your prayers because God is faithful. We have a promise that he will show up again and again and again if we remain connected to him. So how do we do this? What's the bottom line? Folks, the answer is simply this. It all starts with a choice. You have to choose whether you're going to hang on to the vine or to let go. Nobody can make that decision for you. It has been a very long time since we have experienced any kind of persecution for our religious beliefs here in America. But I believe that God is allowing this shaking, this pruning to occur in our nation to allow us to realize just how strong our grip is so we can be intentional, we can do what it takes to remain in the vine. You know, nobody makes it to the Super Bowl and wonders, how did I get here? <laughs> no, it takes planning. It takes preparation, determination, loyalty, devotion. The same thing is true. If you want to remain in Christ, it's going to take some work. And you have to choose to do that work. You have to choose to rise above getting sucked back down into culture. And so what do you do? What is it that we are to remain in? Here are four things that you can remain in this week, this month, this year. Here they are. Ready? First, remain in God's word. Then remain in fellowship. Remain in prayer. Remain in service. Remain in God's word. Get back into the word. Get back into reading your Bibles. Even if it means getting up five minutes early in the morning when there's this stillness of the house, just sit down and read a, a verse, a word, a paragraph, a chapter, a book, whatever you have time for, read. And you may think, oh, that's insignificant. It's not really going to do much. Why do I do this? So let me tell you what happens. When you choose to remain in God's word, God's word remains in you. And when you go throughout your day, you're going to encounter environments, circumstances, experiences, situations where you're going to be tempted to respond. And I guarantee you, in the midst of that moment, that verse that you read that morning is just going to pop its face back up in your head. And it's going to influence how you respond. And you're going to say, oh man, I read about this this morning. And now I know how to respond to this situation. I can resist the urge to be these things that I don't want to be. I can show a spiritual fruit in the midst of this terrible situation. It's all because you chose to remain in the word and the word remained in you. See how this works? Once that's done, you remain in fellowship. Folks, it's time we get back to church. 
I know that it's scary. I know that it's daunting. I know that there's a lot of fear maybe in coming back in person, but it is so critical that we remain connected to the body of Christ. Coming back to church, getting plugged into a life group, there is healing, there is power, there is encouragement, there are miracles that happen when you are connected to the body of God. And we can't just be part of this statistic, this one in five or this 47%. We've got to get back to their life because God is with you every single step of the way. And then we need to get back to service. Somewhere along the way over this last year, maybe year and a half, we've become a self-serving culture. I've got to look out for me because nobody else is looking out for me. So I'm going to take whatever I want, grab whatever I need because it's what's going to help me. But Jesus says, We need to be his hands and feet. We need to be serving the people who maybe are unable to help themselves. And we've lost sight of that. And Jesus is calling us, if we remain in service, not only is it going to bless their life, but you're going to see fruit result in your life as well. It's a double blessing. And it's so powerful, folks. It's so important that we understand this and we really get this because our culture says you don't have time to read. You don't have time to pray. You don't have time to come to church because it's too scary or there's too much going on or you don't have time to pray or or be in fellowship or, or serve or any of these things. But you know what that is, folks? That's you choosing to be a dead branch. That's the reality. And that's what Jesus said when he warned us and he says, look at this again, John 15, 6. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. In other words, a person who's not connected to the vine has no eternal chance of making a difference. Because so often we think that we know what's best. And so we go off and we do our own thing apart from God. But you know what happens when we do that? We get sucked into culture. We get sucked into society. We get sucked into doing the things that we have always done in our life. And before we know it, we're so far apart from God, we're just wandering around the wilderness like the Israelites. They could have remained in God's blessing. They had it at the grasp of their hands, at the tip of their fingertips, but they chose to do their own thing because they thought they knew what was best, and they ended up wandering for 40 years. Now, only by the grace of God did they actually make it back into the promised land, but they barely survived. God doesn't want you to barely survive. He wants you to thrive. He wants you to produce fruit. He wants to be that part of your life. That's why it's so important that we get reconnected, that we remain in the vine so we can bear spiritual fruit, we can possess spiritual power. Folks, it's time we get reconnected to the church. It's time we get reconnected to God. We get reconnected to the vine and choose to strengthen our faith once again. And Satan's going to do whatever he can to stop it. I'm telling you that now. And I came across this really cool paragraph that I want to share with you. And I'm going to throw it up here on the screens real quick so you can read along. Check this out. This sums it up so beautifully. Satan tries to take us from God. But when you rebuke the enemy and return to God by repenting of your sins and receiving Christ, your spirit will be reborn, your mind renewed, you will be rebuilt. While you're reconciled by Christ's redeeming work, You will remain connected in the vine and you will reap the rewards of relationship causing revival to break free. How many of you want a spiritual revival to happen in our nation? I do. 
See, Satan's going to do whatever it takes to stop us, but if we choose to remain connected, we become the spark that can help start this revival. But it's a choice that's up to us, and we have to choose to reconnect. We have to choose to get plugged back into the vine. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up on stage and join me as we close our message this morning. And we're going to enter into a song in just a minute. But before we do that, I want to read this entire passage for you. John 15 verses 1 through 11. Because I think it's so important, now that we've kind of broken it up and we understand what Jesus was saying, that we see the entirety. We see the heart of Jesus behind what he's speaking. And as soon as we're done kind of going through this, we're going to enter into this song and we're going to sing a verse in the chorus. And eventually we're going to get to the bridge and There's a part in the bridge that says, I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken. See, folks, there is a shaking, but Jesus says that while the shaking is happening, you don't have to fear it because you're connected to the vine. He's inviting us to reconnect. He's inviting us to re-engage once again, but you have to make that decision. And so I think what a better way to enter into the song than to hear the words of Jesus before we sing out this declaration that I will not be shaken. Listen to this. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, is I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be made complete. Every breath we could ever breathe.
Jesus is giving you an invitation. An invitation today to reconnect to the vine. Because it doesn't matter what's happened this past year. It doesn't matter how far maybe you have fallen. And yeah, maybe the realization is I have been cut off. I've struggled through this pruning. Maybe I am like that dead branch that's lying on the ground, but I don't want to be there. I want to reconnect. I want to be able to firmly say that I will not be shaken. Jesus is giving you that opportunity. Remember, it starts with the choice. Every single day to remain in Christ, to remain connected. And I know it's hard because there's so many things that distracted, so we wanted to make it a little bit easy for you. And on your way out, if you want to, there's these little cards right by the door that have this verse that we just read. It's John 15, five through eight. It talks about Jesus being the vine and we are the branches. And it's a reminder, if you pick up this card, put it in your car, pull it in your wallet, put it on a mirror by your front door that every day when you see this, you ask yourself, how can I remain in Jesus today? Just a little thing that you can do to constantly be filled with the spirit so you can bear fruit so you can possess the spiritual power because that's what Jesus wants for you. He doesn't want to see you cast into the fire. He wants to give you life, which he's already provided. But it starts with that choice. Let's pray. Father, God, we are so grateful that you have already paved the way for us. God, that you've given us access to this freedom. Father, this second chance in life. God, I pray that as we go through these doors today, as we leave this place, that we wouldn't just fall back into our regular routines and habits. But Father, we would connect to you. Father, we would re out, reach out to you, that we would grab a hold of that invitation. Father, you are calling us to reconnect. Father, you're inviting us to join you without condemnation, without judgment, Father. And I pray that we grab hold of that. Father, that our lives would be transformed by it. We know that we don't have to live in this loneliness, this isolation, this fear, this hurt, maybe these thoughts going through our heads of betrayal, whatever it may be, that we can be set free in you. But it starts with remaining in you, Father. So I pray that you just help us grab hold we would make that declaration, that we would publicly make that choice today. So Father, just as you've given us that invitation, we want to respond to this moment. With our eyes closed and with just a sense of freedom in your life, if you're in this room or if you're online listening to this message or watching this message and you are just tired of being stuck in this rut, you are tired of just going through the motions of life and being sucked into the ways of this world and you're ready for something different. You're ready to reconnect and to bear this fruit, to possess the spiritual power. 
make that choice today, make that declaration and just raise your hand and say, I'm ready to reconnect. I'm ready to recommit. Father, I just pray over all these hands raised that you would just enable us, Father, that you would fill us with your spirit, which is already here, Father, that you would just empower us, you would encourage us as we go from this place that all those who raise their hands and those who maybe did it silently in their hearts, that your joy may be made complete in us. Father, I pray that you just allow us to grab a hold of that invitation, Father, and that we would see a changed life as a result of the declaration of the choice that we have made this week. So Father, as we just continue with this song, I pray that just you would lead our hearts, Father. Who cares who's in this room, who's around us, what they may think, Father, that we would just use this moment to respond to you. Father, whether it be to stand, to fist pump, to raise our hands, to be on our knees, to jump up and down, to dance, whatever it may be, to sing out loud, Father, that we would just declare your truth, Father. Father, that we would grab a hold of this promise that we will not be shaken because we're connected to you. Father, let that be the cry of our hearts in this moment.